0: In New York, call 8778 hope NY or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash B-ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Make some noise.
2: It's making monsters with Taylor Doll. It's like beer and brats. A perfect combination. You know the deal.
3: Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters on Taylor Doll, and we have a victory. Finally. After almost a year. Uh, we finally saw the win 40-20 win over Washington it was beautiful offensive uh, offensively really flowed throughout the entire game uh and it's been a long time that we saw it last week against Denver for about three quarters but it kind of just fell off late defense obviously let the the Broncos come back uh this week we there was a moment where I know I was looking at the scoreboard when Sam Howell completed a couple back to back and Defense was missing some tackles, and I was like, here we go again. But Justin Fields and DJ Moore were able to just keep it going all night long, and it was so much fun. Um, definitely such a good game by DJ Moore. That's exactly why we brought him to Chicago. I don't know why it took this long to start using him this way. I posted something before the game, and it was the stats of when Justin Fields is targeting DJ Moore. And the numbers are absolutely insane. Let me try and find them to pull him up because – the moment i saw this i was like i just don't understand why they're not using him more when this is the this is the production you're getting out of uh, two guys like this and uh that just continued and we saw it actually be uh kind of come to fruition this last week and so okay at 19 for 24 this is obviously pre this game these numbers have even probably skyrocketed uh so 19 for 24 this is justin fields numbers when targeting dj Moore. 19 for 24 79.2 percent 301 yards two touchdowns zero interceptions 12.5 yards in attempt 146.5 passer rating also of the 19 15 of those had went first first uh for first downs but there was only two red zone targets dj was two for two with a TD inside the 20, obviously now all of those have increased because DJ went off this game and him and Justin just had that connection all day long. So much fun. Um, I I am working on a DJ Moore episode. This is not on DJ Moore, even though I could probably spend two hours talking about him today and what He has brought to this offense and everything that we are hearing critically in the offseason about how maybe he's not quite a number one wide receiver, or because of Justin, he's not going to even have 400 yards. Well, Guy has 531 yards, and our leading receiver last year on the team was Cole Komet with 544. So he's about 15 yards from breaking our season leader from last season, and we're in, we just finished five weeks. Um, So, anyways. Game was great, so much fun. It was just great to even see, as much as there were still some issues on defense, uh, especially with the tackling portion. Not really quite sure why everybody wants to just like try and use their shoulder and knock people over rather than like wrap and tackle. Now, but there were way too many missed tackles. I couldn't even keep up with the count. At one point, I was like, "Oh, there's one, there's two. I was at like nine, and they kept going, and I it was just bad. So something's got to something's got to give with that. Uh, but. We got to the quarterback finally. Uh, Five sacks, I believe it was. We had an interception. We had a forced fumble. There was pressure on Sam Howell. Granted, Sam Howell was the most sacked quarterback coming into this game. Um, So that line has really struggled. Uh, Former Chicago Bear Charles Leno on that line. And so it, it was uh, It was good. You saw a lot of good things pan out. You saw some plays from some guys that you really needed to see plays from. Javon Dexter had such a good game. It was really fun watching him finally feel like he's getting into the groove of things because we've definitely seen glimpses and we've definitely seen moments where we're like, man, this guy, like, it's there. Just when is it going to actually break out? So he actually had six pre- uh, QB pressures, 82.4 pass rush grade. This is via PFF. Um, and then 22% pass pass rush win rate uh, against Washington. So definitely finally got to see some some things from Javon Dexter. We saw some things from Demarcus Walker. Uh, there was just moments all over. But this podcast today obviously i usually pick a player i could have gone many ways this week which is for the first time we do have 10 days off so i will probably come out with one if not two more episodes in this 10 day period just to give us some content to get through this longer stretch of us having off which it is probably good for the bears uh there's a, some several people banged up so get them healthy get us back to uh, like get us to where we should probably be Uh, Chase Claypool traded. He hasn't been active in two weeks, anyways. And uh, ironically, the two weeks that our offense has played the best, Chase Claypool has not been here. So, if that actually is directly correlated, I don't know, but uh, it looks like it. So, we're moving on past that. And now that brings me to what my monster of this week is, and it's Terrell Smith. Terrell Smith has seen an increase in snaps. progressively through the season obviously a lot of it surrounded by injuries Uh, the Bears drafted Smith in the fifth round of this last draft out of Minnesota Uh, he's from Snellville Georgia and went to high school at South Gwinnett which actually is just a little over an hour from where Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence both grew up in Georgia Uh, so it's definitely a hotbed of athletes and talent up there in that northern Georgia area and so it's uh that's another guy pumping out of the the Georgia world of football um the defensive back room has been very beat up we know Kyler Gordon obviously he's been out he can make his return soon I believe it was after he's out six weeks so uh next week I think will be his final week that he is like technically not allowed to play we'll see what happens with uh his injury once he returns and how healthy he is hopefully uh Hopefully he's good because I think that will just be such a good to get this defensive back room to where we know it can be. would be really fun to watch, especially in this little stretch we have coming up. Uh, but in addition to that, Eddie Jackson has been hurt, and Jalen Johnson's been hurt. Both of them have missed games recently. We've also seen Jaquan Brisker. He's been dealing with a hamstring. Uh, he did end up playing this last week. Thank goodness. When Jaquan Brisker's on the field, it's just such a different game. You see him all over the place. There's so many moments where I was wa- re-watching the film yesterday, and I'm like, man, by the time like Sam Howell had the quarterback, Jaquan was already coming off the edge. And about like not quite getting to him, but definitely creating like, hey, I'm here moments. And it's just so fun to see him on the field when he's not there. It's different. Me being in Tampa and watching the difference of when he missed that first half to when he came back out. It's just it's 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 definitely a big change. And another guy, obviously, we got back this last week, Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins. I've said it on this podcast so many times. Is my favorite Chicago Bear right now. I love this guy. I'm hoping so bad he can stay healthy like he deserves it. He's an absolute game changer. He's a game wrecker when he's on the field. It's a completely different thing. And you could see that even this last week. The line looked pretty pretty dang solid in that first half when Tevin was out there. Uh the moments when Tevin wasn't out there, which I know I don't know exactly what their like pitch count was on, but there were definitely moments he was not in the game um and you saw them switch up a little bit. You saw Jatari Carter out there. You saw Larry Borum at left, Larry got worked. Um a lot during this game. Darnell Wright just keeps cont- keeps continuing to pr- impress. He looks so good on that right side. He's getting more comfortable game by game. He doesn't have what seems like those hiccups that Braxton Jones had early last season. He looks comfortable and yeah, has he got beat a couple times? Yes, he's gone up against some a- absolute monsters of a human of humans in in the league in addition to just ones that are known to be the best at their positions and veterans So you're going to see that sometimes, but the amount of times that Darnell Wright is doing exactly what he should be doing and not even having to get thrown help to do so, absolutely amazing. I'm going to pound the table of I am so, so, so happy that they picked Darnell Wright over Jalen Carter. And I know some people out there are still screaming every time Jalen Carter makes a play. He's a force on that line, but... we if we didn't take Darnell right I don't know what this offensive line would look like right now and we'd probably be looking at an offense that was struggling just as bad as last year because Justin would be getting killed again and I'm here for my franchise quarterback I get we want pressure and we're seeing that every single game that we still need it um but right choice right choice for Ryan Poles to protect his franchise quarterback and so anyways moving on with Terrell Smith he uh has been filling in. All of these injuries on the defensive back room have really kind of shaken things up. We've seen a lot of guys out there. Elijah Hicks has played every single snap the last few games since Eddie's been out. Uh, We've seen a little mix between what is uh, Terrell Smith, obviously Tyreek Stevenson. Greg Stroman absolutely went off this last week. It was so much fun to watch him. This man was all over the field. Uh, Definitely had himself a day, and that's an easy one. I can probably do a Making Monster on this next week too because I don't know much about him and it would be fun to kind of learn where he came from because this guy was flying on the field this last weekend um, but in the midst of all of this we've seen a good amount of Terrell Smith um, he's really he really pushed Tyreek Stevenson in camp we were hearing a lot about that some people were saying he could even beat him out for that spot that a lot of people were just kind of expecting Tyreek to have because Tyreek was drafted second Terrell was drafted fifth um, and Tyreek ended up getting that spot over Terrell but it looks like it is very close. It looks like both of these guys can be potential starters uh, in our defensive back air, in our defensive back room moving forward. Obviously, there's decisions to be made with Jalen Johnson, uh contract year for him. We don't know, really know what the deal is with that, so we'll see as time goes. A lot of people, from what I'm hearing, are just not expecting the Bears to move on with that. J- Jalen's had a lot of issues uh, with injury every single season. He's been in Chicago, not... Usually, super extensive amounts of time, but you want your guys to be out on the field. Um, Smith saw. Let's just go over these snap percentage. In week one, zero percent of snaps. Six percent week two, and since then, he's had seventy four, one hundred and seventy seven percent of snaps. So that it, we've seen that increase. Uh, this last week, it dropped down a little bit. They did have Greg Stroman out there, um, but the secondary has really been stepping up for these guys who are injured. The guys that we have been counting on this all last season, we were saying yes, we got we've got Eddie, we've got Jaquan, we've got uh, Jalen, we've got uh, why am I missing? Oh, Kyler Gordon, who's obviously hurt now. So from the get go, we kind of got screwed. Um, that week one, when Kyler went out, it already kind of shifted things around. So they've been having to make changes and finally, and kind of find the comfortability within that, which it, it seems like they have depth, and that's exciting. A lot of people were not too happy about the draft this last season. Why are they drafting another corner when they drafted Terrell in, in the fifth? This is why. Uh, these guys, not that you could predict they're going to get injured, but to have the comfort. Sorry, excuse me. Um, To have that comfortability in the depth is uh, a really, really, really important thing. But in the last three games where we have seen Terrell Smith's usage increase, Smith has 21 tackles, 14 solo, two tackles for loss, two passes defended and a forced fumble and a fumble recovery a 52.6% completion percentage against him, 10 completions on 19 targets for 184 yards and zero touchdowns. That's what we've been able to see against Terrell Smith when he's out there. Um, So we're here to talk about that path, though, that path to the NFL, what got him here. The college part for Smith was bumpy. Uh, He battled through a lot of adversity, and we'll learn a little bit about that on this podcast today. He had a stellar senior senior season, though, and that's what led him to being – being drafted. Uh, So because of that senior season, he is a Chicago Bear, and that's why we're here to talk about that. Uh, Before we get to the college portion, though, we're going to talk to his high school coach, Coach Small. Um, He's from South Gwinnett, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast. And let's just go ahead and get to that and see kind of where he started in high school and that path that led him to Minnesota.
4: I am currently at East Calwita High School.
3: Uh, Okay. Um, still in Georgia, obviously um, the Georgia, Georgia guys pump out the high schools up in Georgia, pump out players. And we know that very well. Uh, I live in Florida, Florida. We're very familiar with a lot of the kids that go to Georgia, sorry, coach small, um, but the former coach for South Gwinnett, which is where Terrell Smith went to high school. I don't know a whole lot, honestly, about, Smith. Um, I've been trying to learn a little bit recently about kind of his path in high school. So let's go back to the beginnings. When did you start? When did you first see Terrell? Uh, when did you, How? what was your period of time that you were coaching him? How, how did all of that kind of work out?
4: Well, uh, I was fortunate enough. I got to coach Terrell uh, his ninth, 10th and 11th grade year. Uh, after his junior season, uh, I relocated and took another job <clears throat> and hated to leave because we had Terrell and about four or five other kids that were power five kids. But uh, <clears throat> those kids understood what I was doing for my family and what have you, uh, but still stayed in touch with those guys, and they meant a lot to me. And um, But so I had a chance to coach for three years and get to know him and build a relationship with him and during that time.
3: So within those three years, was he always – because in high school we see a lot of high school kids obviously play both sides of the ball. You're trying to figure out where they play best. Uh, Was he always looking like he was going to be in that defensive back spot, or did you guys have to shift him around a little bit to find where he was most comfortable?
4: Well, you know, at a young age, he played both sides on the younger team, but uh, his sophomore year, uh, he played corner. And, um, excuse me, and he was a long kid, you know, long athletic kid, uh, had elite speed on the track. Uh, didn't really know if he was going to be a football player or a track guy or a, or a, a track guy that played football or a football oh. player that ran track. Uh, but I found out real early in his career as a sophomore, uh, he had hurt his ankle uh, pretty, pretty bad. And so I kind of, you know, we went into that next Monday and I said, hey, you know, how's your ankle? And uh, a track guy would have said, coach, I can't do anything. I can't play. Uh, but he, he said, coach, I'm going to tape it up and I'm practicing. And I knew right then, I said, okay, this kid's got some grit about him. He's a tough kid. Yeah. Uh, and he just continued to progress as he went, you know, and he, he, he always had elite speed, but he was great in the classroom, a real quiet kid, uh, just did what you asked him to do and, and wanted to do it well. And he just got progressively better and better and better and uh, became an elite corner.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've seen that. And when you know, uh, we'll get a little bit to maybe I know you were gone that senior year, but the recruiting process for him a little bit. But when you're playing corner and I know a little bit, he played wide receiver. Also, that's that speed is something that sticks out. And it's something that we've already seen in Chicago, how fast he is. Um, Is there anything aside from that that really stuck out to him in high school where maybe when you were watching, you're like, okay, this kid's going to go play college football?
4: Yeah, I knew he was going to go play college football because of his speed and his fast twitch and his knowledge of the game and and obviously his knowledge in the classroom. He was a great student, so I knew that he would set himself up, and I knew his best days were ahead of him. You know, when high school was over, when he got to college uh, and, and was challenged a little bit differently with some elite athletes at that level, that it would either you know make or break him. That's usually what happens. Uh, but but he had a special talent, and and he had length that you know that college is like uh especially in the secondary uh in that speed and you know he played wide receiver too and kick returner uh <clears throat> but we used to always tell our kids that you know wide receivers are a dime a dozen you uh-huh. know you may be fast but there's a lot of guys that are fast that can catch a ball but can you go over there and cover that fast guy
5: yeah
4: uh, and, and those are the elite athletes and 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 that's what he did and uh, so when people asked him, you know, in the recruiting process, he committed early to Minnesota uh, okay. while I was still there. Uh, but a lot of schools had come in and, you know, they would ask him, you know, what do you want to play at the next level? And uh, he would say, you know, we, we kind of taught him, hey, don't say receiver because, <laughs> you know, everybody wants to do that. But, you know, number one, you say you put me wherever you want me, you know, wherever I can help the team. Uh, but I want to play corner. You know, and, and a lot of kids don't want that challenge, you yeah. know, because you're on an island every single day by yourself. And if yeah. you make a play, people may cheer. But if the other guy makes the play on offense, everybody's cheering, you know. Yeah. So you you got to have some thick skin and some some be able to deal with some adversity uh, and bounce back. And he did a phenomenal job with that. So I, I kind of knew once he got to the next level, he was going to be successful at whatever he did. Yeah. You know, we tell, we tell our kids all the time that you got a better chance of being a brain surgeon than you do an NFL player. There's not many jobs. So if you get one of those jobs, you are among the elite, you yeah. know, but make make sure you go get your education paid for if you can and graduate with a degree. And I'm so happy for him because he's been able to accomplish both.
3: Well, and that's one of the things that we kind of see. You see the numbers constantly of the percentage of kids that play high school football, how that decreases to college, and then how that number from college decreases to the NFL. So it's really cool. And when you're talking about a player like this who – you know, he he knew he had that little. He played track. He was fast enough to kind of do that, and kind of figured out football was the way he wanted to go. And so I didn't know he, he committed pretty early to Minnesota then. And you were around for that. What was the process like for him? Because this is a big decision for these kids. They're kind of de, they're deciding the rest of their lives almost of what path they're going down. So what kind of led him to Minnesota? And uh, I'm guessing a lot of usually it's coaches, facilities, that type of thing. But it's a little bit ways from home. So what, what was that? Like yeah. For him?
4: He had a lot of people in the South that wanted him. Uh, I think he had a great relationship with the defensive back coach at that time, which was Mo Lindquist, who's now the head coach at the University of Buffalo. And Mm -hmm.
1: uh,
4: I think he's been with the Cowboys and some other places, too. But he's now the head coach at Buffalo. But he did a phenomenal job recruiting kids from Georgia. And uh, when P.J. Fleck got there to Minnesota, uh, they really put a hard spin on going after some Georgia kids because they Coach Lincoln knew the type of kids Georgia kids were. Uh, And you get one of those kids, uh, they're ready to play football, you know, because it's it's ingrained in them down here in the South. But uh, so I think that relationship with him played a huge factor. And then the other thing about, about Terrell was he was always a loyal kid. Uh, You know, back when we were there, there was a lot of recruiting going on within County, within state for high schools. It's almost worse than college sometimes in Georgia with all that stuff. And, and uh, we had, had a tough year, his sophomore year, and, you know, he could have packed his bags and gone somewhere else, and people would have taken him. But he, he was a loyal dude, and he stuck with it. And uh, our team had great results because of him and some other kids that said, no, we're going to stick this out and fight through it. So uh, adversity doesn't bother him. He's, he's a guy that's going to lead in those situations. So when the DB coach left after he had committed, uh, he stayed true to them and said, yeah. that's where I've committed to go. That's where I'm going. You know, so him being with the Bears right now, you know, and talking to him, you know, last week and a w- couple of weeks ago is they're, they're having some tough times, but he's the right kid, the right guy to change that culture because uh, that. that's who he is.
3: And that's definitely what, what we want to hear. The, the defensive back in general, the room in Chicago is very young and the. This most recently, these last couple weeks, we've seen an increase in snaps from Smith because of injuries due to other people. But I'll tell you, Coach, like pretty early in camp, there was a battle because the Bears also drafted a guy named Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, um, another corner who they were battling all camp and a lot of people they got Tyreek in the second round they got Smith in the fifth round and so there was a lot of people thinking that Tyreek Stevenson would come out and kind of just take that job and Smith really gave him a run for his money through camp and so I'm really excited that we're kind of getting to see him have his chance this last couple weeks it's unfortunate that it's due to other injuries for other players you never want to see that but that's how sometimes that's when you know that what they're drafting what they're drafting in the depth pieces and you mentioned it earlier just that position in general and you know, he kind of went after that corner because wide receivers are all over the place. That Defensive backs are, every time I've talked to any coach, whether it's high school, college, pro football, they all say that defensive back position is one of the hardest to kind of progress through in each level because it just gets harder as you go. It's never going to be super comfortable. You're constantly having to learn and readjust and figure out new things. So, And you're seeing that from him pretty quick, which I love. <laughs> Uh, you spoke on that loyalty. I love that. That's why we're here. Making monsters is all about getting to know these guys outside of the X's and O's. We love football, but we also love the the people. And we like to know more about their personalities and that corner position. A lot of times it's chatty a little, they like to, you know, go back and forth with some of those receivers and talk their talk. Is that the type have you, did you see that from Terrell?
4: You know, he wasn't a huge talker. He was just a guy that put his head down, went to work, uh, if he made a big play, you know, he went on to the next play, you know, a lot of kids get all caught up in what they just did or what just happened, but he was just an even kill guy that you never worried about, you know, if he got beat deep or got beat on something, he just, he never hung his head, you know, so ultimate competitor, you know, was very competitive in everything that he did. wanted to be the best at it, but uh, he wasn't a showboat guy. He's just, just a, just a lunch pail guy that went to work every day. You know, and, yeah. and I respected that out of him a lot because he, he had every right to, to be boisterous and all that stuff, but he, that wasn't him.
3: I love that. I'm going to shift a little bit, a few more for you, because you guys are at least South Gwinnett um, when you were there. About an hour down the road from two players that are talked about a whole lot in the NFL right now, especially in Chicago. Justin Fields, just over an hour away from where South Gwinnett is, also Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I know it was a little bit before that time, obviously, or I guess after, Terrell was there a little bit after that. But that just shows the kind of talent that comes out of Georgia. And I probably could list over 100 players that everybody knows their name. Um, how familiar were you with Justin Fields uh, just being that close and the time frame being pretty similar?
4: Yeah, you know about all those kids. I mean, it's, it's the kids talk about it. It's, you know, the state does an unbelievable job of covering high school athletics, with the media and TV and all that stuff. And so you knew about all the great players and, and who they are and, and what they're doing. Uh, and that's another advantage I think Terrell has, you know, and, and okay. the other kids that have played up there and in the state of Georgia, they're used to all this stuff. You know, it doesn't, yeah. you know, a TV in front of them, uh, it doesn't phase them because they've been brought up in it and they're used to it, you know, and uh, so, you know, all about that down here.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why I, I'm very familiar in Florida. It's the same way they're really good about supporting their high school football here locally, which I love, um, because it's really cool to kind of watch these guys grow from what you're watching fresh sophomores. And then you're seeing them be successful in college and then now sometimes also into the NFL, which you saw that progress. Uh, how cool was that for you to watch this player who you saw as a freshman starting to now getting drafted by the Chicago Bears in the fifth round?
4: Well, you know, I got in this profession to try to have as big as impact as I can on kids because of what coaches have had on me when I played and came up. Uh, And you just want to pour as much as you can into these kids to try to help them reach their dreams. Uh, And to see a kid make it, you know, it's nothing that we did. It's every God-given ability that they've been blessed with. And and they took full advantage of their talents and, and utilized every one of them. And so when they make it, uh, you're so happy for them because it changes their life, it changes their family's life, you know, and oh, yeah. and it couldn't happen to a better young man than Terrell Smith because I know he, he does all the right things and handles his business and and uh, it's just going to leapfrog him into a career after this because he's a people person and people love him and uh, but it's very satisfying and and, and you, you almost cry when you think about it as a coach yeah. because you go this kid this kid made it you know and you're happy for them you know.
3: I love that. Yeah. I'm just so
4: glad, glad to have played a small part in his life. You know, there's a lot of other people that had a, had a role in it
3: too. Yeah. And I, and it's, it's really cool. Like you said, to see just kind of the progress and you know, how hard these, these kids work to get to this level. And that's why it's so, that's why I, that when I came up with the just sponsors, that's why I did it. I wanted to know, you know, the, the path of how they got there and beyond just the NFL, because there's a lot of story behind these guys aside from what they just do on Sundays. Now uh, again, I want to say thank you for hopping on with me. Um, I know you have a big week. You have a ton of interviews. You guys are uh, a televised game this week.
4: Yes, state game of the week uh, in the highest classification, and we've got a really good team coming into town, so we got our hands full this week, but that's why we play the game.
3: That is. All right, well, Coach, thank you so much for hopping on with me. Good luck this weekend. That will be, obviously, definitely an experience for you and an experience for those kids, Um, and good luck for the rest of the season.
4: Thanks a lot, Taylor. Appreciate
2: you. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that T-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last.
3: Thanks to Coach Small, uh, that was. I always, I always enjoy hearing kind of you know what leads them to where it is, and that's why I do this. But it's always funny to hear when coaches are like, "Yeah, I told him, you know, wide receivers are everywhere. You should try for this corner spot, and it looked to pan out." And last week when we were, uh, when we were t- doing the episode, and they kind of pushed to Tyree Carter into the offensive line spot and he didn't want to do that he wanted statistics he wanted to be a tight end and it ended up paving paving the way to him to be a Chicago Bear all these little choices that these kids make at 15 16 17 years old have completely molded their lives and where they are now and that's why we're here that's why we're here to figure out you know like hear these stories of how they got to where they are and how much they how much people around them really influence that. And so both of these stories and back-to-back weeks have kind of been molded. And yes, hard work, determination, not giving up all of those things personally led them to here, but also their families, their friends, their coaches, everything kind of had like a little bit of piecing into the person that they are and the football player they are. And that's why I love hearing these stories. As I mentioned, he, uh, the, the college wasn't as easy as it wasn't as easy. Uh, It was a, Definitely up and down, bed bit of a roller coaster for Terrell Smith at Minnesota. Um, and so we're going to talk to Ryan Burns. Ryan Burns covered Minnesota, g- covers Minnesota Gophers for 24-7 sports. He's been there for quite a while, I, I believe since 2011, so even previous Terrell Smith. So he-, he was there through the whole recruiting process for Terrell his freshman year, obviously through senior year, into the combine, into the draft process, and now still um, is able to watch now Smith in the NFL uh, we I also drop a little bit about John Michael Schmitz because obviously that's somebody I really wanted uh, out of Minnesota. A lot of us Bears fans really wanted uh, him out of Minnesota, so I do talk a little bit about him because I feel like I could not talk to a Minnesota person without mentioning him. But let's go ahead um, and get to this interview with Ryan Burns so we can learn a little bit more about that Minnesota, that time in Minnesota for Terrell Smith. Alrighty, now we are continuing this Making Monsters on Terrell Smith. Terrell has filled in very well recently for the defensive backs that have been injured in Chicago, which has been a lot of them through the first five weeks, unfortunately. But good thing for the Bears is they have somebody who's been able to step in and really make some big plays and help that secondary um, in a time that is that could be Kind of bad, especially with the defensive line that the Bears have up front. So now we have Ryan Burns joining me. Uh, Ryan, is uh, he covers Minnesota Gophers for 24-7 sports, also um, on Gopher Radio. So, Ryan, thanks so much for hopping on with me.
5: Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk a little bit about tea time.
3: Yes, uh, that is a nickname that I saw floating around quite a bit. Um, obviously, that's also his Twitter n- name. So, if you don't know, um, that is Terrell Smith. Let's go ahead and hop into this. You've been you've been covering Minnesota Gophers for a while since 2011. You said uh, before we started this podcast, and Terrell was there from 2018 to 2022. Quite an up and down, up and down career for him. When he was in Minnesota. And we'll get to kind of all of the steps of that. But let's start from the beginning because he was a starter his freshman year and um, he was able to make plays during that time. But what did you guys see out of him initially as a freshman and kind of through that and, and the initial recruiting process? What were those thoughts when he was first coming to Minnesota?
5: Well, I think the first thing that stood out about Terrell when you kind of put on the tape was how fast he was. Mm-hmm. Where. You look at his track times, was a great 100-meter guy. I think he ran 10.5 in high school, which put him on a lot of radars because, obviously, he's six foot. If you run really, really fast, you're going to be on a lot, of, a lot of prominent teams' radars. And mm-hmm. I think my favorite story about him <clears throat> from the recruiting process would be Notre Dame started to recruit him, but they made the mistake of spelling his name wrong when oh, they no. sent him a recruiting graphic where Terrell – as one R and two L's, mm-hmm. they put two R's and two L's, and uh, that essentially negated any interest he had oh, no. in the fighting Irish. So, oh, no. Uh, he ends up sticking with Minnesota, to your point, plays as a true freshman and plays a lot. I mean, he was someone that really burst onto the scene for them when they really needed him to. Played, all, I think, 570-something snaps for them on defense as a true freshman. Uh, pro football focus grades were really good, for, especially for a true freshman in the Big Ten a 69 overall uh, defensive grade. And you thought, wow, this kid's only going to be here three years and he's going to be off to the NFL. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, certainly early on, I mean, you knew with what he had, with size, with essentially speed and a ton of length, that at least the first year of his career, it was off to a rousing start for him.
3: Yeah, and when I I actually talked to his high school coach, one of his high school coaches, and his high school coach, obviously when these guys are in high school, they play multiple positions a lot of times, both sides of the ball, and he he was he would play wide receiver. Obviously, corner was that other other position he would play, and they were kind of saying, "Hey, go for this defensive back position because it's difficult. It's one of the harder ones to kind of transfer from high school to college and then to the NFL, but." the wide receivers are a dime a dozen is kind of what the coach told him. So is that, do you think he made that right choice for sticking with that defensive back position?
5: Oh, hundred percent. I did. Um, I mean, to your point, I think everybody wants to play offense because they want to be able to score the touchdowns, make the highlight plays that show up on TV afterwards. But if you're really serious about it and you want to potentially make a lot of money with life after high school and college football, if you're six foot and you run 4-4, four, four, you should go to the defensive side of the ball because if you can tackle as well as he did at times and what you've seen even last night with that forced fumble,
3: mm-hmm.
5: I mean, you're going to have a lot of opportunities and you're going to have a lot of eyes coming after you
3: and that's definitely the things that we've been lacking in uh, last pretty much the entire last season in the first 4 weeks not many turnovers whatsoever so last night seeing a force fumble the peanut punch comes out of chicago so we love seeing that ball people get that ball out of the guy's hands so let's go to that next year um, he had limited time over the next two seasons because of another guy i believe also is he for washington benjamin st. juice i think is place for washington and was there last night am i correct
5: yeah, yeah, okay. he, uh, yep, he. Yep, you're right on the right track.
3: And so that is the reasoning. I, I'm guessing he kind of he ended up transferring to Minnesota, and during that time, Terrell kind of lost some playing time because of this player. Is that the majority reason why?
5: Yeah, I mean, for the next few years, up until I would say that 2022 season, which got him drafted, it was a multitude of different things. It was in practice, he was dealing with a lot of soft tissue injuries for the better part of three years, which was unfortunate, whether it was hamstring, uh, different things like that. It seemed like he could never stay consistently healthy, whether it's a full spring ball, a full fall camp. And when he was healthy, the issue for him was he was getting to be too grabby. I okay. uh, was getting a lot of a lot of penalties. Uh, You mentioned Benjamin St. Drew's uh, transfers in for Michigan. He plays over him. Now he's starting for uh, the Washington Commanders in the NFL. But it was just inconsistency at times. And that's where ahead of that 2021 season, uh, there was a lot of optimism about him from, from myself, from the coaching staff, where it looked like he had turned the corner as he was staying healthy. The coaches couldn't say enough good things about him. It was all really translating in fall camp of 2021 and then you put him out there and it just he, he I think the confidence that he was exuding just went away and he ends up missing some time for that rest of the season but that's where there was essentially now or never time going into his final year at Minnesota and he rose to the occasion in a big way
3: Oh, big time. And especially, like you said, when you're going through just kind of these ups and downs through college football, and when you have a season like you did the freshman year, I think expectations obviously kind of are set pretty high beyond that. And when they don't go that way, some players probably would give up. And I I don't want to say it in in a mean term, but it seems like he really battled through a lot of things. And that's being injury, that's competition with Benjamin St. Juice. So was that just kind of his personality through the whole thing from what you've saw from what you covered of him is just that guy that would battle through and he knew he could be better than what was being shown in in those few seasons?
5: Well, especially in the transfer portal era, where if something doesn't go right for you, you see so many college athletes just decide, all right, well, it didn't work out for me here. I'm going to go get a fresh start somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And to Terrell's credit, and it's one of the things that Minnesota's defensive coordinator, Joe Rossi, or the head coach, P.J. Fleck, would talk about is he was incredibly resilient. He had every opportunity to go play for a different team, but he chose to stay. He chose to try and get better. And that's where you saw in the spring and in the fall, leading up to that season in 2022, He was finally healthy, and you could see it in practice when he's going against legitimate Big Ten receivers, and he's locking them up, and so then we get to fall camp of 2022. He remains healthy. I would tell you he was the best player in fall camp, and that's where we had seen that before. We had seen that in 2021's fall camp, Well, Mm -hmm. here we are 2022, and we're trying to figure out, is this going to translate? And so you ask the coordinators, you ask the head coach, and they were adamant that The confidence that he was playing with is something that you can't take away this time around. And then he goes out and has the season of his life. ends up obviously being uh, an NFL draft pick for your Chicago Bears. But, I mean, he was incredibly good all season long, whether it was in coverage, whether it was in run support. Everything that you were hoping he was going to be in that 2018 true freshman season, Mm -hmm. it ended up taking a lot longer than anyone thought. But he finally put it together in 2022, and that's why, obviously, he becomes a fifth-round draft pick.
3: Definitely. Let's talk about that season a little bit, because when you go through and look at his numbers, he had 38 tackles, uh, four-and-a-half for loss, two sacks, two interceptions— Um, in that he also had five passes defended and a forced fumble during that time. So it seems like pretty consistently throughout the season he was making plays. And like you said, it was all over the field. It's not one aspect that he's good at. And I know the speed was talked about a lot. He ran track in high school. So that was kind of something that transferred into everybody kind of saw with him. But when you were going through that senior season watching Terrell, and I know fans had to be Ecstatic to watch somebody who they kind of had been waiting to have this breakout season. What was the vibe around that 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 defensive back room in general? Was he able to be a leader that season through all of the all of the ups and downs the previous years?
5: One hundred percent. He was somebody that a lot of people leaned on, especially in that secondary where you can look at a guy like that. And Minnesota loved to make the reference of he has seen the good, he has seen the bad, he's been through the good, he's been through the bad. And so when something doesn't go your way, you can go to someone like Terrell Smith and say, how did you do it? And how have you been resilient in coming back from it? And I think that's what you saw all season long was, I mean, when you look at his PFF grades, he was 70 plus in every single thing that he did Mm -hmm. from run defense, tackling coverage. And he was even a really good blitzer off the edge with getting a couple of sacks. But that was the biggest thing was it wasn't just him being a great coverage corner on the outside. It wasn't just him being really good in space and tackling well. He put it all together, and that was the thing where there was, the large majority of his career had been just myriads of inconsistency. And so for him to finally put it together game after game after game after game, I mean, it was something that was huge for that Minnesota team, and I mean, they relied on him quite heavily.
3: Tell us a little bit about after that season, obviously you go through, it's the combine, you're getting ready for the draft process. What was that like for Terrell? Because like you said, it it was this one kind of flash season. What were expectations of him of where kind of where people were expecting him to be drafted or as in placement in rounds one through seven?
5: Yeah, it wasn't the first time we obviously had heard NFL's team. I remember sitting in the press box in 2018 during his true freshman season and having uh, and I would say an NFC South scout come up and say, "Who in the world is is this Terrell Smith kid, and what's his story?" Mm-hmm. Now it obviously took a lot longer yeah. for this to happen, but you knew he was going to be a draft pick, even with just really the one good season of tape. Because when you look at the measurables, that's what plays in the NFL. When you're six foot two oh seven, which he came into the combine at, when you run a four four one verified, you're going to be an NFL draft pick somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so that's where it was going to be. Again, just because you were inconsistent, when you finally put it together, it's not like his worst season was his last season. It was his best season, and that's obviously what you want. So, I mean, it wasn't a surprise at all to see him go on day three for me.
3: Now, Coach Fleck, obviously, you've you mentioned him several times in this interview, and a lot of the things that I've read have everything he's said in interviews about Terrell have all been positive. I've never seen anything bad from him, and it's a, a lot of it goes beyond the football field, too, of just the type of person Smith is. And you mentioned just, you know, obviously being a hard worker because of the way that he kind of pushed through this, the loyalty of not entering the portal when he could have. Is that something that kind of shined with him as being the, the a, a good guy, too? Because making my is that my podcast, I like to, I like to get beyond the X's and O's sometimes and learn the beyond what, you know, because we forget sometimes these guys are human beings and it goes beyond football. Is that something you guys saw from Smith there?
5: Yeah. I mean, he was just, you know, from getting to know him, like for someone like myself, I've known him since he was a junior in high school, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, back when Minnesota and other teams were extending scholarship offers to then him taking visits. I mean, he's been the same kid throughout. Uh, a kid who is um, obviously uh, very gifted, someone that always took the time if you had a question for him at a spring practice or a fall practice, give you thoughtful answers. Um, and again, he, someone that fought through a lot because nothing was gifted to him here. He starts as a true freshman because he earned it. And then for the next three seasons, he had opportunities, didn't seize those opportunities. And I think the st- I would tell you that the staff was hard with him. But I think Terrell would tell you that kind of, made him grow into the person that he was in that final season for him in Minnesota. So to your point, I mean, it's important to remember that, I mean, you may just see him out there as number four for the Chicago bears, but we're talking about a kid from South Gwinnett that mm-hmm. I mean, was very raw coming out of high school was, was, you know, he still has a long way to go. I think I hate the cliche of his best footballs in front of him because I think yeah. it's overused, but truly it wouldn't shock me at all to see Terrell Smith, continue to play in the NFL for another seven, eight years, because when you have the talent that he has with the physical stuff, if the Bears defense can just continue to get him up to snuff, I mean, that's what it looks like in the NFL when it goes right. So I think he's in a good place mentally, Mm -hmm. and obviously he's got the physical attributes to do it.
3: Definitely does. And I'll tell you, Ryan, one of the things that we noticed pretty early in camp was how good he is. And so the Bears also drafted a guy from Miami, Tyreek Stevenson, in the second round. And people, the expectations were kind of that Tyreek was going to come in and that he was going to be the third corner. Iber does, like, sub-package, so a lot of third-corner. Uh, a lot of that third-quarter defense out there. And so the expectations was that Tyreek was going to be that guy. And Terrell fought him to the very end for that spot, and it was to the point in camp where pretty early everyone was like, man, we actually have a competition at this position, and we were not really expecting that much at all. So it was really fun to see that. Um, A couple more for you before I let you go. Another player, and this is shifting a little bit, but another player that Bears fans wanted very badly and unfortunately didn't get, John Michael Schmitz. Uh, very bad. We needed to fix the offensive line, big time. Um, just tell me a little bit about your thoughts and what you've seen so far of him in the NFL, and expectations of what you thought he would be coming out of college too.
5: Yeah, he was the best center, I would argue. I mean, he should have won the Remington.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, uh, someone that I think is the best center to play here since 2006, when Minnesota had the Remington Award winner, Greg Eslinger. It wasn't a shock at all to see him go in the second round. It wasn't a shock at all to see. A lot of bears personnel uh, working with him i would say at minnesota's pro day mm-hmm. because i mean i think the three most prominent teams at that pro day were chicago the new york giants and the minnesota vikings now the minnesota vikings obviously to 20 minute drive so you would hope that the gm and the head coach could come over but minnesota obviously also needs uh the vikings have interior offensive line needs but you know he's a little bit banged up i know for the giants right now but from what i had seen through the first few weeks of the season Obviously, when you're able to earn a starting spot out of fall camp, I mean, it's it's a good spot to be in the NFL, but he's oh, yeah. a guy that's going to play 10, 12 years in the NFL yeah. because he's not the biggest guy in the world, 6'1", 6'2", but he is among the most athletic and smart human beings I've been around. Uh, that was one of the things that Minnesota's offensive line coach, Brian McCallaghan, would talk about constantly is he's able to do a lot of things physically to be able to reach a defensive tackle or whatever it may be, but his calls on the field played a huge part in why Minnesota's run game has been so good mm-hmm. consistently when he was here. Just being able to identify the right guy and then be able to get to the second level. So I can assure you, uh, Bears fans should be a little bit heartbroken that <laughs> that John Michael Schmitz is uh, unfortunately in the Meadowlands and not yes. in the Windy City.
3: Definitely are. We did. I did several podcasts pre-draft of potential picks and I did obviously we had the ninth pick and so I did a bunch on that and then I kind of did beyond that ninth pick and he was one of the guys that I did an episode on and I was shouting for him the day of the draft and unfortunately didn't fall to us um it's funny that you were talking about the Vikings too obviously being close they were going to be there because one of the first things that when I was googling just kind of looking for things about Terrell Smith learning a little bit more about him one of the first articles that pop up said That the Minnesota Vikings can possibly are going to regret not taking Terrell Smith um, to draft to Minnesota. So that's another thing that we kind of look at and we're like, all right, we see wins there. We lost John Michael Schmitz, but at least we got someone like Terrell. Um, I just want thanks so much, Ryan, for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. I was super interested in this story just because I, I honestly didn't know a whole lot. And I love hearing these guys and just like, like I said, beyond the X's and O's and the type of people they are. So I really appreciate you hopping on with me.
5: Yeah, I'm excited that Terrell's playing. I'm excited he's playing as well as he is. And just so your listeners know, I mean, as talented as he is on the field, he's got a smile a, wa- a uh, mile wide, and he's love just that. a guy that is very happy to be here.
3: We love that. And we finally got our first win in almost a year, so we're smiling today, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Silver thank you. Lining. Yes, there it is. All right, thanks, Ryan, so much, and I hope you have a good rest of your day.
5: All right, thanks, Taylor. All
3: right, thanks, bye-bye. Thank you so much to Ryan Burns. Uh, that was, those are one of those stories though that you're like, man, this kid fought through a lot because he was fighting through injuries up and in, uh, he was fighting through guys who transfer in and were going to take his spot. He went through all of this, and Ryan Burns mentioned it how easy it probably could have been for him to jump into that transfer portal and go somewhere where he was going to be the guy, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to prove himself on the school at the school that he committed to that he you know had been since his freshman season that we saw glimpses of in his freshman season he worked through all of that powered through all of that had the senior season he did and was able to get drafted in the fifth round by the Bears and so those are the stories I love to hear man like you you obviously want an easy path you want someone to absolutely dominate all four or five years of college um but it doesn't always work that way these guys they're human uh the the college football is very competitive. There's guys constantly coming in and out. And now, obviously, with the transfer portal and with NIL, you're seeing things change quite a bit. And you're seeing these guys be able to jump into the portal, go to another school and be able to play rather than, you know, before previously there was waiting periods of time and if you'd have to sit and the process was a little different. And so you're really seeing just this year, you're seeing all of these athletes and you're seeing the kind of the spread of talent now through college football. When you felt like recently it was always SEC, 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 maybe some ACC and some Big Ten. And now the Pac-12 is just like dominating the AP rankings right now. Um, Granted, that's just about to kind of disappear. but you're just seeing the talent all over the place now and a lot of that is because the transfer portal these guys can get you know recruited and go to the school but why do they want to be a second third string at a sec school when they could be starting at a pac-12 school and be getting recruited and getting you know calls for already looked at by colleges um so that that honestly has shifted a lot in college football recently and so it's really interesting but Good for Charles Smith. I love it. I, he's been so much fun to watch these last few weeks, and I hope we continue to see that with these healthy pieces coming back to the Bears in the secondary. You don't quite know how much, more, how much you'll see from him moving forward, but it is good to know that you have a depth piece that you can count on. If someone does go down, we're not sitting here shaking our heads like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? You've got Terrell Smith, you have Tyreek Stevenson, you have Greg Strowman, who's now proven that he's can make he can make plays too and that you aren't you're a secondary healthy but it's nice to have confidence in the pieces behind it's also nice to be able to kind of rotate these guys out and you know give get, let let guys get some rest sometimes especially with how much they're having to do in the back because the line hasn't really played well at all uh, this last week probably their best week but you still want to see more um so 10 days off now uh and it's going to be a very needed 10 days off. Get some health, get some rest. I already saw Jalen Johnson is expected to play. We have the Vikings coming up next. Vikings obviously have had our number uh, recently, and it's time. It's finally time to beat them. It's not going to be easy. Kirk Cousins obviously has one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL. He slings the ball all over. Justin Jefferson is an absolute weapon. Jordan Addison, absolute weapon. Uh, they went and got Cam Akers uh, to try and fix their running back room from when they— made their off-season moves with running back and Alexander Madison. Didn't seem like he was really cutting it, so it was a very one-dimensional offense, and they're trying to fix that a little bit. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what this game will look like. It'll be interesting. We'll talk more about that down the stretch as we get closer, but that's what we have to look forward to right now is just getting healthy and getting preparing for the Vikings and hopefully having our offense look like our offense looked this last couple weeks. So uh, like I said, I will probably have – At least one, maybe two more making monsters in this next period of time, uh, depending who I hear back from coaching-wise. And uh, there's a lot of players I can choose from this last week, so it makes it a little easier. The previous weeks, I was really kind of scraping at good things, positive things. And although I can find them, because you'll always find somebody who's doing their job, uh, it it wasn't as easy this week. I I could go many, many ways. So we'll see the next couple episodes which route I go. And hopefully we're talking about even more positive things leading into the Vikings and people getting healthy and getting this defensive back group healthy and all together and clicking again. And hopefully this defensive line kind of builds off what they were doing last week. And they see that, hey, we can do this. We can pressure. We can get to the quarterback. We can make a little noise up here, Uh, even though there are young pieces in Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens playing a good amount of snaps. Yannick Ngakwe, who, as I've mentioned many times, very one-dimensional, is... Hopefully, at least adding some sort of some sort of something to the line. In the case of Demarcus Walker and him just being those more veteran guys on the line, and people having to plan around those two, and now Javon stepping up, that maybe makes people have to plan for another guy in addition to Andrew Billings. So it does maybe maybe we're just seeing the all of these pieces kind of start to click a little bit, and that's what we're hoping. Just build off this last week, and it should be at least more entertaining football moving forward. So again, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm Taylor Dahl, this is Making Monsters, and I will catch you guys next week.
2: Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio